welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by a lovely guest, Ian Stones. Ian is a leading fertility expert, helping couples wishing to start a family, and is on a mission to improve the information and support available for men at all stages of fertility treatment. With over 15 years of experience working with couples trying to conceive, Ian is well aware of how broken the system is when it comes to supporting men. Alongside his one-on-one work with couples trying to conceive, Ian is also the co-director and founder of Test Him. Test Him's mission is to create positive change in the world of male factor infertility by providing guidance, education, comprehensive tests, and ongoing support for men. So welcome, Ian, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Ola, and lovely introduction. Thank you very much. It's great yeah. to be here. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, so to start off, we usually say, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I mean, you kind of sum, summed it up quite well there with the, the bio kind of intro. But um, yeah, my background is uh, over 15 years now as, a, as an acupuncturist. So I became, I started my studies in 2007 um, to, to study in acupuncture, having had treatment myself and just found it absolutely fascinating. Um, and very soon after I graduated, um, Zeta West, who is incredibly well known now yes. in the fertility world and, and certainly in the UK was launching a kind of affiliation sort of network of, of acupuncturists. So she was offering a chance to join this network and, and to, to do some additional training with her and her team, which I absolutely jumped at because I was a, I was a new practitioner hmm. and, and learning the ropes and went and did a three day training course up in Manchester with her and, and, and some of the team. And I think I just happened to do that and catch that kind of wave of acupuncture being um, hugely supportive for fertility. So I started seeing more and more women predominantly, and it's always been even now still predominantly women coming for treatment, but I started seeing more and more women coming for treatment and I, you know, would learn lots from them. I'd learn lots about the process and the ongoing education from Zeta and her team and that just then became my kind of specialist area and, and very much love giving that support to couples around diet, lifestyle, nutrition, stress management, you know, ongoing tests, all of that stuff within my practice. But it was actually about three, four years ago, probably about four years ago, I think now, where I was sat there, I was actually in a meeting with some other acupuncturists and we were talking about sperm health and I was the only bloke in the room um so it's me and me and all these other female acupuncturists and so every time they mentioned the word sperm they looked at me um, <laughs> like, yes yeah, so I'm I'm the one person in the room with sperm um but I had this light bulb moment of hang on a minute there's nobody really looking after the men here well, what are the men getting in terms of support and I was hearing the same thing you know day in day out in my clinical practice that the guy's done a semen analysis it's okay and that's that you know so I started right. delving around in the male fertility world and starting to learn more and get myself educated in that. And that just kind of snowballed from here, you know, from there, sorry, to where I am now in terms of 
you know, launching Test Tim recently, um, kind of co-hosting the Infertility Support Group on behalf of the charity, and just becoming a, a kind of vocal, you know, becoming a voice in the fertility world for, for the men. Because as I've looked into it and as I've learned so much from the guys that I work with, there's so little support, knowledge, education, testing, understanding um, for the guy. And I just, this is it for me now. This is my passion. This is this is the thing I want to change because it's it's not doing the guys any good and it's not doing doing couples any good because we need men to be properly understood, tested and supported. So, yeah, that's kind of my backstory and, and how I've ended up where I am now, I guess. That's amazing. Well done for focusing on the men and helping to support them because it's so needed. Thank and, you. and like you said, you know, oftentimes I've spoken to people, even couples that say that while going through the fertility journey, uh, a lot of investigation was done for the women and sometimes over a year or even two. And before, you know, doing so many invasive tests and then checking out the man and realizing that there were probably male factor uh, infertility. So it's taken so long to even take focus on any attention on the men. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, why is this happening and how can changes be done when fertility investigations are being done for couples? Yeah, good question. Um, I think there's a lot of elements to that, isn't there, really? You know, why, why are we in this situation? And there's a, a lot of history there. And, and you're quite right. It's a very common pathway um, where a couple will go towards... IVF after trying to conceive for a couple of years they'll get go into treatment they may have two or three cycles they may completely fail they may fall pregnant but then miscarry and it's not until there's been several failures that somebody somewhere might and it is a might say actually maybe we should look at the sperm in a bit more detail and then they run some further tests and find out you know there's male factor as well and I think you know here in the UK the problem we have so I think globally, there's an issue with, oh, crikey. I mean, well, this is so complex. <laughs> yeah. Globally, we have a societal problem, I think, and a societal belief that fertility is a female issue. Uh, and that's the way it's been for a very, very long time. There's a, a huge lack of education around fertility awareness for both men and women. You know, I, I work with women that still, you know, in their mid thirties don't understand their ovarian reserve or don't understand their fertility window or their, their ovulation window, things like that. So we have this kind of big global societal kind of problem tie in that then with the kind of stigma of male infertility and the taboo nature of it and, and how very hard it is for a guy to actually speak up and put his hand up and say, I've got a problem or I, you know, I am the problem here. Um, That's really hard. So it's a very closed kind of book from that side. And then here in the UK, we have a policy problem in that when a couple go and see their, their GP, go and see their doctor for their initial checks, the woman is you know given a day, typically a day two and a day 21 blood test to check her FSH and LH levels. Um, she's offered a scan. Um, and offered usually slightly more comprehensive testing. The guys offered a semen analysis. And if that comes back poor, not a lot else happens. Um, If it comes back okay, again, nothing else happens. The only time a guy is likely to be referred on to 
an andrologist or urologist, you know, a specialist in male reproductive health, is if he has no sperm in his, ejac- in his ejaculate, which is obviously quite a serious issue that needs investigating. But nothing is done if he's suboptimal with his, his sperm. The pathway leads them towards IVF. And IVF in the UK is almost 100% led by gynecologists. And gynecologists are specialists in female reproductive health. Right. So, you know, as I say, you can see there's a lot of factors to it. Um, policy, education, stigma and taboo uh, and difficulty about, you know, for, for men to open up and talk about it and get the right support. Right. And what can we do to change this? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> what, you and me or, or, or everybody? In general, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there's a lot that needs to happen. I think we need to make it okay for men to talk and we need to make it okay for them to open up and, and say, I need help. You know, we need to get men educated. So we need to help them understand their fertility and understand that they could have an issue because many men are kind of naive or ignorant to, to their fertility because they haven't been told. So why would they know? So I think there's a lot that needs to happen around education um we need more research um male fertility research has has been lacking for a very very long time um it's quite interesting if you look back at the history of andrology and the history of gynecology the first gynecological society in in america was formed in the late 19th century the first andrological society was formed in the 1970s nearly 100 years later wow yeah isn't that bonkers so you know we're we're way behind in terms of male fertility research because it's not seen as a, an exciting part of medicine. You know, you know, the, it, young doctors aren't necessarily encouraged to go into it. So we need, you know, more in that area. And yes, yeah, so we need more research and yeah, just more education across, across the board. Well said. And how prevalent is male factor in fertility now? Because, you know, you're highlighting the fact that many men don't even realise that could be a potential problem. Yeah, quite. So one in 14 men globally have fertility issues. That's about 60 million men. It is a lot, you know, and, you know, we we all know, like, if you're in the fertility community, you know, that that club that you never wanted to join and and have found yourself in, you know, we know one in six couples struggle to conceive. Um, But we also know that about 30% of those couples that are struggling to conceive it is purely a male fertility factor that's involved in that. But it comes out to be about a 50-50 split where it could be a combination of male and female, but male factor alone. And, and an interesting statistic that I've seen a couple of times just this week is that male factor is the lead, you know, leading reason that couples end up going for IVF. Wow. Mm. So it's a big problem. Yeah. We definitely need more awareness. And thank you for all that you're doing as well for support. Thank and you. And that brings us, yeah, go ahead. Well, a lot of people say that to me. Thank you for what <laughs> I'm doing. It's like, I'm just doing what I love. I'm doing something, you know, that I'm so passionate about and I could do it all day, every day. And, and I just want to see that difference happen. I, don't, I want to, you know, I want there to be this change because I've yeah. seen the impact it has on men emotionally um and and physically and i've seen the impact it has on couples and and what women have to go through as well so 
you know, it just seems like an absolute no-brainer to me um, that, that, you know, that this system needs to change. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I'm very passionate and, and will spend most of this podcast on my soapbox, probably. <laughs> no, and I mean, it's great what you're doing. And, of course, that brings us to test him, mm. which is what he's just created. So please tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, that's that's the coming together of kind of three 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 i was gonna say great minds kind of big, big, <laughs> bigging myself up there uh, that's not why not I mean. why not yeah well, all right the three come together the three great <laughs> minds. i'll tell you what coming together the three minds there we go mm-hmm. um all from our own different experiences um and it, it's strange how life has kind of thrown us all together really because me and toby so so my co-directors or co, you know, co-founders uh toby trice and michael close uh, me and Toby were thrown together to to set up the support group for Fertility Network UK, which we launched in uh, April 2020. And Toby is a racing driver, and he races for fertility, so he uses motorsport as a as a, a vehicle. Oh, excuse the oh, pun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, to to get men talking about male infertility and to, and to get the kind of story out there in in the kind of world, in the press and the media. And then that linked him to Michael and Michael runs a pharmaceutical company and he's got this very strong uh, interest in male fertility and, and the scientific background around testing and equipment and, and actually does a lot to support a lot of laboratories in the UK. And it was just one of those conversations, you know, where, you know, when I started getting into male fertility and started exploring it more, and realized how many gaps there were. I had a, I had a conversation with Toby and I said, look, I really want to develop my own male fertility clinic. It wouldn't it be great if we could do this somehow together? And he said, oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. You know, so we started having some conversations. And one of those conversations was then with Michael. And Michael was like, you know what? Fun enough, I've been thinking about this as well. And I've been working on some ideas. Why don't we chat some more? And that was just the summer last year, 2021. And here we are a year on and we've got our brand. We've got our kind of, message out there and we've, we've got a long way to go yet but that was then the kind of inception and, and, and birth of test him and you know as as you said at the uh, with my intro our mission is to to kind of create positive change in the male fertility world and a big part of that is education it's awareness um we've partnered with fertility network uk so it's making sure that there's that support element as well so guys have got that kind of link into to the support group but it's also about making comprehensive tests available for men, um, you know, easily available and affordable. So that's really what Test Him is. We're trying to bring everything together in one place for guys so they can, you know, fill out their questionnaire. They can order their tests. All their data and results go into one place. They can share that with a medical professional um, and they can properly find out about their fertility. So it's it's really about filling that gap, you know, that, that we know is there at the moment because in the UK, the NHS provision, the, the, the treatment pathway for men, is, well, it's just non-existent. So that's that's yeah. what we're doing. That sounds amazing. Uh, and so for anyone listening, any guy listening right now or female listening that wanted to pass on the information to their spouses or partners, mm. um, what will they, how they access test him and what will they be able to do on when they come online? 
so uh, you know at, at this stage like you know us speaking today you know at, at this mm-hmm. point in time we're we're still very early on in our offering um we launched uh, at the fertility show in london may may 2022 right and basically it's all built uh, at the moment it's all built around a, a questionnaire um uh, and it's completely free questionnaire so that is free for any guy to use so you just go to testhim.com and you click on there. there's a link halfway down the screen take your free questionnaire and and off you go you can complete the questionnaire for free so that's going to be open to anybody globally so and, and it will always be free and what a guy does is you have to log in, you have to create an account because we want your data to be safe and, and protected so you go in and then you complete the questionnaire. So we've got questions on your health habits. We've got questions on your general health. Uh, we've got some questions on your work. Um, and the, there's more to come. We've, we've got about eight sections to go in total. We've got four on there at the moment. But what will happen is as you complete that questionnaire, it will then automatically populate certain health recommendations based yeah. on your answers. So, you know, if we get a guy say, he is, um, I don't know, his work is that he's mainly sedentary, um, that it involves a lot of heat or something, or he says he's a chef and it involves a lot of heat. You know, that's going to create a red flag for us. Um, you'll then get a health recommendation saying heat, you know, we know heat is bad for sperm health. You know, consider getting this test to, to you know, to find out. Consider getting a DNA fragmentation test or consider getting an oxidative stress test. So it'll also then highlight what tests to consider. Right. But at the moment, like I said, it's just the questionnaire. We're still developing. Um, and when it comes to being able to link guys to the tests, that will initially just be a UK-based service. Um, you know, we, yes, we want to go for global domination and kind of, you know, <laughs> change change the world from fertility testing because we know this is a big problem worldwide. So, you know, hopefully, if, if it goes the way we want it to go, then we can start rolling it out to Europe and states and, and you know, africa or wherever you know um but the questionnaire will always be there and it will always be free so it at least gives guys some very kind of simple clear information as to what they should be looking for yeah it's amazing and actually gives guidance as well like you noted to see maybe suggested additional testing yeah Um, and and it's all based on scientific evidence you know it's not we we haven't just kind of plucked facts off the internet and thought oh, actually yeah you know cycling is bad for you or, or whatever um we have a professor of andrology who's working very closely with michael one of the co-directors and michael's michael's a bioscientist or pharmacist or you know he's, he's got scientific you know background and knowledge so yeah. what we've done is we've pulled research together and we've said okay is there research to show that you know heat affects sperm quality Yes, there is. Okay, so then we, you know, that's how we've then weighted the questions. So you kind of get an overall score at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. And you mentioned DNA fragmentation again, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And, mm. you know, often here, sometimes people say that they were advised as an essential test based on the sperm analysis. Uh, can you share some information about how helpful sperm DNA fragmentation tests might be? Is it something that everyone should take or it's a good question that one and it's um seems to still be a bit of a controversial kind of topic dna fragmentation um because that there's several different ways of testing it there's different tests 
but give different results. Um, so how do you kind of compare? Um, the, the, arguably, when you do a DNA fragmentation test, it uses all of that sample. So that sample is then, you can't use it for any kind of further treatment. Um, but in, in our opinion, certainly at Test Him, you know, we believe it's a very valid and, and strong and worthwhile test. But actually, that it's taken in the context of many other elements. You know, if you do a DNA fragmentation test on its own, um, it's not going to tell you a great deal. Well, it is, but it it it's going to kind of probably raise more questions than than answers. So, you know, what we're thinking about at Test Him is actually a comprehensive analysis. So, you do the questionnaire, which will look at lifestyle, health habits, work practices. It'll look at medication. It will assess all of that and identify the risk factors from that side of things. It then may recommend certain tests and it may be an oxidative stress test, a semen analysis, a hormone blood profile, an infection screen and a DNA fragmentation test. Now, if you do all of those, then you're going to get a much more comprehensive picture of your fertility and your ability to conceive than just doing a DNA fragmentation test on its own. Um, and, and I think the other thing you have to remember with a DNA fragmentation test is that it it's a it's an outcome sort of based test, really, much as a semen analysis is. So if you do a semen analysis and it comes back poor, or you do a DNA fragmentation test and it comes back with high levels of fragmentation, both of those are saying there's something else going on here that needs to be investigated, which is why you need to do these other tests and a lifestyle kind of comprehensive assessment so that you've got all the factors so you can suss out where you need to focus your efforts does that make sense yeah it does actually yeah and it's good yeah well because so for example you know if you've got somebody with high dna fragmentation um and you look at their lifestyle audit and they are a chef or they're a pilot or a train driver um or a taxi driver let's say all of those professions involve a lot of heat because they're either exposed to heat, say in a kitchen, or they're exposed to heat by from long periods sitting. So chances yeah. are that DNA fragmentation is, is is from a result of their lifestyle. However, it could also be from a, a varicocele or it could be from an infection. So again, you still need to run those other tests to find out what the potential cause of that is. And therefore, is it treatable? Is it something that is is fixable? Um, because there are things that can improve DNA fragmentation. Wow. It's good to, I mean, it, it's, I'm so impressed by all that you're saying because it's good to see that such comprehensive tests and options are actually available for men because oftentimes when you hear of all this test and it's always again on the women. So it's mm. good to see that this exists and that in some cases as well, if people know what is wrong, then they're, there could be potential treatment options to yeah, make things and, better. And you know what? A lot of these tests have been around for a very long time. DNA fragmentation testing has been around for about 20 years. Um, wow. I don't know how long oxidative stress testing has been around, but that's probably been around a fair while. Um, you know, the awareness of things like varicocele has been around for a very, very long time. And andrology have been, you know, andrological kind of professors and, and clinicians have been aware of that for a very long time as well. So, you know, these tests aren't all necessarily new tests coming to the market. Um, it's not like all of a sudden they've just popped up out of nowhere. 
they've yeah. been there for a long time. And like a simple hormone profile, you know, men have hormones too, you know, and we actually have yeah. a lot of the same hormones that women have. Um, you know, men need follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone to produce sperm, but men don't get a hormone check as standard. Um, but it's a very, very simple blood test. So all of these tests are well-known, well-established tests that have been around for a long time. And what we need to do is, is get them out there and get men understanding why they need to have these tests, what the information means, what the treatment options are. And, and that comes from education and just more men doing it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's why, you know, your question is actually really, really great. And the fact that it's accessible to anyone globally, uh, because again, it can make some suggestions because if people are not even aware of what to do, they won't even know what could potentially mm. be wrong. Yeah, it, it's phenomenal how many guys, you know, we've spoken to between the three of us, you know, at Test Him um, or through the support group. And the number of guys that we've spoken to that are like, oh, I've never heard of that. Where do I go and get that done? You know, um, and at the fertility show, you know, that, that, that we were both at, you know, May, we had, oh. a, we had a presence with Test Him there and... I mean, I had a, I had one conversation with a, a young couple, really lovely young couple. And I stood there and chatted to them for 10 minutes. There was definite male factor going on. They were aware of that. And at the end of a 10 minute conversation, they said to me, we've learned more from chatting to you for 10 minutes than we have from our ICSI cycle that we had three months ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Christ, you know, it's just like, just spending a bit of time talking to people and educating the guys um, is so valuable. Yeah. And that's what we need, right? To, to make these changes globally, to even mm. let me know that male factor exists. Yeah. And it's, and that's, that's a big challenge, isn't it? You know, globally. So, you know, there's probably some great quote that I could come up with. I just can't think of it right now, mm. but you know, um, it, we've just got to start small, start influencing and changing you know what we can where we can and eventually that will you know a pond like a ripple effect in a pond they go we're dropping that pebble in and let's see how far those ripples go but the more we get guys testing and aware of this stuff and and very importantly is then sharing their experiences um yeah. without the shame and guilt of of male factor infertility the more that helps other men and then it just snowballs from there hopefully definitely and if there's anyone listening, because, you know, you, like even like the couple that noted to you, they learned so much. I've learned so much from talking to you. And I know that lots of people listening as well uh, will feel the same way. So if people wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to connect? Um, so obviously, can we give us a follow on Instagram? Test him LTD. Um, hopefully you should find us quite easily. I'm also on Instagram myself. It's just Ian underscore stones underscore. Check out the test him website um we've got a contact form on there so that will come into to our, our general general inbox that you know obviously we all, all three of us keep an eye on direct message us through instagram you know whatever whatever way you can find us on social media or online um you know we're just three blokes on a mission with a passion and happy to help wherever we can you know i, but I had a lady actually message on instagram this week asking me a question about morphology um yeah. and and in the end i just because we, we had a couple of messages to and fro on instagram and in the end i said look can i just call you um <laughs> 10 minute conversation on the phone helped her out 
um, and pointed her in the right direction. So, yeah, we're, we're happy to help wherever we can. Wonderful. And in general, like, what do you wish more people knew about male factor infertility? Because, again, people are saying that it's increasing globally, so... Sorry, what was the question? What do... Sorry, what do you wish others knew about male factor infertility? Others, others that people are in general. To, in general, like the general population. Yes, general population. Um, I think, you know, my wish would be that everybody knew about their fertility, that everybody knew, you know, for, this is for men and women, so that, you know, I wish that women properly understood their menstrual cycle, their menstrual health, their fertility health, so that, that they understood how, you know, ovarian reserve declines over age and how their lifestyle impacts that. Um, and that, you know, putting off having children to 35, 36 years old is going to possibly make it more complicated. Not always, but could do. And I wish the same for men as well, that, you know, young men in the late teens, early 20s, had an awareness of their fertility and their lifestyle and how much that could affect things and, you know, how possibly childhood, childhood illnesses or childhood traumas or issues could have affected their fertility. And that, you know, getting tested early on is, is not necessarily about having a family and trying to conceive. It's just about awareness. Like for a guy... You know, this is the thing we've talked about, you know, all the comprehensive tests here um, and the big picture and the global issue. But actually, if we've got a guy who's 23, 24, he's got no no thoughts of having a family whatsoever. He's enjoying his life. He's out clubbing. He's buying nice cars, doing whatever he wants to do. You know, Um, if he actually just ran a very simple, straightforward semen analysis, um, at least he then knows because it could flag up problems there and then that he's like, oh, actually, I'll go and get this sorted out now rather than in 10 years' time when, you know, his wife or partner is on the decline with her egg reserve and he's only then just discovering that he's got problems. I learned a fascinating fact at the fertility show that 1% of the male population are azospermic. Wow. So that... So, one in a hundred men have no sperm in their ejaculate, um, which That's is, it, it is quite a lot really, isn't it? When you extrapolate that across the, across the globe. So, you know, for a guy to find that out at 20, 25 is going to, it's going to be still going to be devastating, but there might even still be options, you know? Um, and there, there sometimes are for guys that raise a spermic. So yeah. What do I wish they knew? Just more about their fertility and um, more about it a lot earlier. So should we be having these conversations in high school then? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, you know, right now our mission with test him is get men that are trying to conceive tested properly, thoroughly, comprehensively and supported, you know, emotionally. Um, I think, you know, once we've got that, that kind of plane up and flying and running and on autopilot, then we can go back and you know, or alongside that, go back and do some education work as well. And interestingly, I don't know if you've ever picked up, I did um, a trek to Everest base camp in March this year yeah. um, to raise money for the charity for, for Fertility Network UK and raise awareness for male infertility. One of the guys on that trip that came with me from the support group was actually a teacher. 
and he got up in front of his sixth form students um, that about a month before we went on the trek and actually talked about male fertility and he talked about his fertility issues um, and he got an amazing response from these kind of 17 year old lads some of them nice. coming up yeah really I was, I was so touched when I heard his, his story um, and he he's actually gone on to have his own children and his son actually was going into school whilst we were on the trek, you know, whilst we were on our way up to Everest Base Camp, his son was going into school talking about his dad climbing Everest Base Camp because his dad had sperm issues or something like that, or his dad, you know, had trouble making babies. And I was like, that was like a little six-year-old boy. It's like, yeah, come on, we can do this. Yes. That's what we need, normalising the conversations and making it okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the number of times sperm gets discussed around my dinner table at home. It's it's just, (laughs) you know, it's just bonkers, Um, you know, but but it's normal. It's very normal in our household. But that's just the nature of my 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 interests. That's what we need. Yeah. Any final words, Ian, that you'd like to share about Test Him? Um, You know, as much support as possible from the community, I think, is really appreciated. Just spreading the word, because that helps us on our mission. It helps us help more men. Um, So please do share us far and wide. Um, And I think, you know, final word is is to to the men is, one is to get tested. You know, don't put your head in the sand. If there is a problem, it's better to find out about it, because actually there's a lot of things that can be done for male factor infertility to get tested. Um, And the other thing is kind of speak up, actually. The number of guys that joined our support group and spoken for the first time and then have had the weight of the world lifted off their shoulders because they've suddenly shared their story. It's so, so powerful. So, yeah, I think that would have to be my closing words to, to the guys out there. Thank you so much, Ian. It has been amazing having you on here. So informative. My pleasure. Enlightening us all about testing male factor infertility and just the importance of being aware, being educated and knowing the options that exist and the testing to do. It has been really, really amazing having you on here. So thank you so much for coming on here and My for pleasure. all that you're doing. Uh, yeah, I'll say I love it. And, you know, maybe, we're, maybe we can come back in six months or a year and, and tell yes. you how things have progressed with testing because we've got so much more to do. Definitely. And we'll keep watching and keep raising awareness about testing because we need all our men and couples supported. And the more they're supported by testing, the more they know what to do, the better for everyone. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Lovely chat. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.